looks up. It's Anne Law Mercier, late as usual, wide apologetic grin. Villanelle smiles, they air kiss, and stroll towards the Café Molière on the gallery's first floor landing. I've got a secret to tell you, Anne Law confides, and you mustn't tell a soul. Anne Law is the closest thing that Villanelle has to a friend. They met, slightly absurdly, at the hairdresser. Anne Law is pretty, extrovert, and more than a little lonely, having exchanged life at a busy public relations firm for marriage to a wealthy man 16 years her senior. Giles Mercier is a senior functionary at the Treasury. He works inordinately long hours, and his greatest passions are his wine cellar and his small but important collection of 19th-century Ormolu clocks. He believes, as does Anne Law, that Villanelle is a day trader, buying and selling financial futures and derivatives. It's a cover that Villanelle and her unseen controllers go to considerable lengths to maintain. An online account is run in her name, trades are registered, profits maintained at a plausible level. If questioned, Villanelle can discuss exchange-traded funds and the commodities market in mind-numbing detail. But Anne Law never questions her about any such thing. If that's how Villanelle earns the money that pays for her Chloe and Prada outfits, her Audi TT Roadster and her 1930s apartment overlooking the Bois de Boulogne, fine. But she doesn't want to hear about it. She wants to have fun, a commodity sadly lacking in the life she shares with Giles and his clocks. Right now, before they've even reached the curving stone staircase up to the restaurant, she's pouring out the details of her latest affair with a 19-year-old Brazilian dancer at the Paradis Latin Cabaret. Just be careful, Villanelle warns her. You have a lot to lose, and most of your so-called friends would go straight to Giles if they thought you were playing around. You're right, they would, Anne Law sighs, and links her arm through Villanelle's. You're so sweet, you know that. You never judge me, and you're always so concerned. Villanelle squeezes the other woman's arm. I care about you. I don't want to see you hurt. In truth, it suits Villanelle's purposes to spend time with Anne Law. She's well-connected, with an insider's access to the finer things of life. Haute couture shows, tables at the best restaurants, membership of the best clubs. Besides which, she's undemanding company, and two women together attract far less attention than a woman on her own. On the negative side, Anne Law is sexually reckless, and it can only be a matter of time before some indiscretion is brought to Giles' attention. When that happens... Villanelle doesn't want to give the impression that she's complicit in his wife's infidelity. The last thing she needs is the hostile attention of a senior public servant. So how come you're not shorting the Nikkei share index or whatever it is that day traders do? Anne Law asks, when they are finally installed at a table. Villanelle smiles. Even capitalists need a day off. Besides, I wanted to hear about this new guy of yours. She looks around her at the shining silver and glassware, the flowers, the paintings, the golden wash of the lights. Outside, beyond the tall windows, the sky has faded to a snow-laden grey, and the carousel gardens are almost deserted. As they eat, and Anne Lord talks about her new amour, Villanelle makes attentive noises, but her mind is elsewhere. Fine living and designer clothes are all very well, but it's months now since the Palermo operation, and she needs to feel her heart race with the prospect of action. More than that, she wants confirmation that she's valued, that the organisation regards her as a prime asset. 
She can still see, half a world away, the grim sprawl of the Dobrianka Remand Center. The frozen ground, the razor wire taut against the colorless sky, the shuffling of columns of prisoners. She was awaiting trial for murder and had no illusions as to what the verdict would be. She spent at least 20 years in a high-security penal colony, some godforsaken shithole like Berezniki or Mojaisk. When she got out, if she survived that long, she'd be a shell of a human being, emptied out, old before her time. Was it worth it? Constantine asked her, throwing her life away to avenge her father, himself a man who'd gone to the bad. Put like that, of course, it wasn't worth it. But given her time again, she knew that she'd act exactly as she'd acted that night. Her father had been a Spetsnaz close quarter battle instructor before he'd started freelancing for the Brothers Circle, one of the most